You are listening to LEC Online Church, a ministry of Lake Erie Church in Madison, Ohio. We are a multicultural, multi-generational Pentecostal church. For more information, please visit our website at lakeeriechurch.com. Now, we hope you enjoy today's message. Let's open our Bibles this morning to the book of Mark, chapter 5. We're continuing our series that we've entitled, Where He Meets Us. And we're looking at stories in the New Testament where people met the Lord in moments of great crisis. We used the metaphor of an intersection last Sunday to talk about the fact that He intersects with us. He shows up in the intersections of our life when we're in a difficult place when we don't know what we're going to do, when we don't know how we're going, is that me? We don't know how we are going to survive the struggle. Last week we talked about a stormy place. He meets us in a stormy place. And in those stormy places, he speaks calm to our world. And and that calm that he speaks, we said, is the the confidence that we have that God sees us, He knows us, He knows where we are, and He brings calm. It doesn't mean that you don't live through the storm. In fact, not only do you live through the storm, but as as we talked about last week, you sometimes have to clean up after the storm. Someone said to me today, I'm, I'm in that cleanup phase right now. I'm cleaning up from a storm that I've been going through and he meets us there today we're going to talk about something entirely different in fact today we're going to battle look at your neighbor and say we're about to get into a fight and if I could if I could emphasize here at the very beginning that What I think, what I hope this message is going to say to all of us is that Jesus will find you in the middle of your fight. He will find you in the struggle when you are fighting for sanity. When you are fighting for peace. When you are fighting for victory. When you are fighting for your children. When you are fighting for your marriage. He finds you. You don't fight on your own. You're not fighting a battle by yourself. Some of you have been battling health issues for years. You're not fighting that battle alone. His grace is sufficient. Mark chapter 5. Let's stand together, please. We're going to read the first 10 verses. It's a much longer story, but 10 is enough for us today. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from a cemetery to meet him. This man lived among the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, He snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves 
and in the hills howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus? Son of the Most High God, in the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the Spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Verse 9, Then Jesus demanded, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. I'd like for you to take the hand of somebody close by if you're comfortable as a point of contact for the prayer that we're about to pray. Would you do that please? Father, I thank you this morning for what you're about to do in this room today. Your word is powerful. You said your word was like a hammer, like a fire. So Father, I just pray today that your word will accomplish the mission for which you have sent it. I'm just a man. I'm just a an average common guy just lips and clay but God through the Holy Spirit you can accomplish great things today and I have a feeling Lord that somebody listening to me somebody watching me right now really needs you to find them in the midst of their struggle so Holy Spirit I pray that faith will be unleashed even as I'm preaching and teaching today that miracles will happen in the seats and at home or in the car or wherever people are listening today, that the power of God will intersect with the struggle that they're in. And I give you glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want our elders and prayer team to be ready at a moment's notice, if you will, please. This is one of the strangest stories in the New Testament. There's a sequence here that is important. If you start reading as we did last week in Mark 4, you're going to read several of these stories back to back to back to back. All of them places where Jesus is going to meet somebody in a time of real need. And in this one, I'm talking about him meeting us in the middle of our fight. I never was much of a fighter. In fact, I was thinking recently as I was preparing these thoughts that I can only think of one fight that I ever had. And it was with a neighborhood kid, and as, as I remembered, I whipped him pretty good. But anyway, I, I only fought one time. It cost me the friendship that I'd had with that guy, and I never... I never had another fight that I can remember. I don't like to fight. I'm a peace-loving man. I don't like to fight. I don't like to fight with my wife. I don't like to fight with my kids. I don't like to fight with people. I've just never been a fighter. But there are moments in life when we fight. And what we are looking at this morning is a desperate man who is in a fight. I mean... When you look at this gentleman, this man, he is in the middle of a struggle. He's in a fight. Now, we don't have very much background on how he got into the condition that he was in. 
There's not anything that tells us very much about how he got to where he was. And we don't know what kind of person he was before these demon spirits invaded his mind. But what we do know is when we meet him in Scripture, he is being tormented. J.B. Phillips in his translation describes it like this. He's in the grip of an evil spirit. An evil spirit has taken hold of him. The language in the story tells us several things that we should pay attention to. Number one, he's living in a cemetery. He's living in a graveyard. Not, not the most optimum living situation, but he's living there. He's been consigned there because nobody wants him around. He is unrestrainable. The, the, uh, Mark is very descriptive. They've tried to put chains on him, and when they would, he would just break them. He wanders day and night through the cemeteries, howling like an animal and cutting himself because he's in a struggle. Anytime that I hear about a, a child, a student in our community who is cutting themselves, I think about this story. I think about the trauma and the turmoil that goes on when somebody wants to mutilate themselves because they're in so much pain. They're in a fight. And I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. I don't know who's hearing me or who's going to hear me. But I've just come this morning to tell you that when you're in your fight, you are not alone. You are not by yourself. He sees you. He knows that you're there. And he's come to help you. Some of you come today and, and, and you put on a smile and you shook my hand or, or you hugged the neighbor who greeted you. But on the inside, you're torn up because you're in a struggle. You love the Lord with all of your heart. You love the Lord as, hard, as, as good as you can, but you're in a struggle. Maybe you're battling something inside. Maybe there's something going on in your mind. Maybe there's something going on in your life. But for whatever it is, you're not sleeping. You're not living. You're, you're struggling because you're in a fight. You're in the middle of a struggle. And your struggle is personal. It's a personal struggle. It's your struggle. It's what you're going through. And, and, and others cannot always relate to it because they're not living where you're living. They're not going through what you're going through. But don't think for a moment that you don't have anything in common with this man because you got more in common with this man than you think. This story could very easily be the story of a woman with an unfaithful husband. This could very easily be the story of an addict who can't delete the phone number of his pusher. This could very easily be the story of a teenager who can't stop looking at pornography. It could be the story of a man who can't sleep at night because he's so worried about his family. It's a struggle. And we all have them. And sometimes they're intense. And sometimes they're challenging and sometimes the enemy tries his very best to destroy us in the struggle. But Jesus meets us there. He meets us in our struggle. Now before we go too far, I want to get three things very clear. Number one, the devil is real. 
He's not made up. We're about to get into Halloween here. We're going to see a whole bunch of junk going around and they think it's some big plaything. The devil is real. You hear what I'm telling you? The devil is real. Second of all, the struggle that we have with the enemy is real. It's not made up. We're not just carrying on. The, the struggle with the enemy of our soul is real. But at the same time, the power of God to deliver and release us is real. God's power is real. And it is available if you're in a struggle. So I want to make two statements, and then we're going to pray. Here's the first one. The devil has come to torment you. The devil has come to torment you. Now, I don't know if you know much about the origin of the devil. So let me help you for just a moment. The devil was at one time an angel. You hear about the Christmas story and the, the angel Gabriel. Well, well, Lucifer was one of those three angels. He was an archangel. He was a worship leader in the heavens. He had a responsibility to lead worship in the presence of God. But according to the scriptures, his pride and his arrogance caused him to challenge God in the desire to take God's place. So God threw him out of heaven. And not only did he throw Lucifer out, but he had influenced about a third of the angels. And the Bible said that this third of the angels also that supported Lucifer were thrown out of heaven. So you have the devil and you have his angels who now roam the earth and the atmospheres as evil spirits and they have come to torment you. That's why you're in a struggle. It's not some hocus pocus goofball kind of theology. The devil is real and he has come to torment you. But let me just tell you about the devil because he's an angel and this is important for some of you to realize because a lot of times we have this perception, this idea that God is here, devil is here, and there's this struggle. No, there's not. No, there's not. Because God's here and the devil's way down there. There is no power that is equal to the power of God. The devil's not God. The devil's not equal to God. He's not even the same stratosphere with God. God is here, devil's down here. He's an angel, and because he is an angel, he has the restrictions of an angel. Well, according to Scripture... Angels are restricted to one place at one time. They are not omnipresent like God is. And so, you ever heard anybody say, well, the devil's in my house. Well, if the devil's at your house, he cannot be anywhere else on the face of the earth. So there's a good chance the devil's not at your house, but one of his angels may be there. Because angels are restricted to one space. The devil doesn't have the ability, angels do not have the ability to read your mind. They don't have that ability. They don't know what you're thinking right now. They don't know what you're, you're thinking about. They only know that if you tell them. Oh, I'm so depressed today. Well, they, oh, he's depressed. They don't know that until you tell them. That's why the Bible tells us to be careful with our words. 
You be careful. There's power in your words. When you're always mully-grubbing and talking about how bad things are, you're just telling the devil what's going on with you. You're just giving him ammunition to torment you. Because you say, I'm, I'm so discouraged. The devil said, oh, okay. You know why you're discouraged? Because nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. See, you just gave the devil the ability to torment you. I'm not saying that you should play mind over matter and act like things aren't real, but just be careful what you say. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5 that the devil, as a roaring lion, goes about seeking whom he may devour. In other words, if you've ever seen a lion, I, I had the privilege to go on a safari several years ago when I was ministering in South Africa and I went on a safari and you'd see these lions that just walk around looking for somebody to attack. And if they saw a, a, a weaker animal, they saw a, a vulnerable prey, they would leap after them and chase them down. And then you'd see them later on just enjoying that because they had already conquered or attacked and devoured somebody. That's what the devil's trying to do for you. He's walking around, going around, looking for who he can torment. Because that's what he does. So I'm just encouraging you to understand that the devil has come to torment you. Some of the challenges, some of the problems that you're facing are not because you're losing your mind. Some of those problems are coming because the enemy has been unleashed to torment you. He's trying to discourage you. He's trying to take you away from God. Very important thing to remember right here. The devil could care less about you. He's not your friend. He's not on your side. He's not wanting the best for you. He's not wanting you to be happy. No, he just wants to take you away from God. Because God created you for fellowship with Him. And it's God's desire that you will be eternally in fellowship with Him. And so the devil just wants to take you away. That's why he causes you to do things that he knows God cannot tolerate. So that you will be separated from God. You think the devil cares if you lust after somebody? No, he don't care. As long as it takes you away from God, that's fine. He doesn't care. You can get hooked, you can get, a, uh, you can get attracted to, you can do anything you want as long, as far as he's concerned, as long as it pulls you away. So he's looking to torment you. Jesus said to Peter, he said, Simon, be careful. The devil has sought permission to sift you like wheat. The message says it like this. Simon, stay on your toes. Satan has tried his best to separate you from me like chaff from the wheat. Now, I want to tell you a couple things about the attacks that you go through with the devil. First of all, the attack of Satan is almost all, can sometimes be direct. It's direct attacks. An example is in the book of Job. When the devil went straight to God and said, I want permission to attack Job. And God gave the devil permission to tempt Job. And the devil went right out from that occasion and directly attacked Job. 
his health, his family, his wealth, all that he had. It was a direct attack from the devil on Job. Sometimes the attack that comes upon us is direct. Now, here's what I need you to understand to be hopeful. That Paul writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we talked about this, chapter 10, we talked about this a few weeks ago. The Bible said there is no temptation that has come to you or overtaken you, but such is common to man, simply meaning that all temptations are the same to everybody. It doesn't mean that Holly and I have the same temptation, but it means that we're both tempted. She has hers, I have mine. Pat Jokum has his, I have mine. It's common. Everybody has temptation. Everybody's going to be tempted. And if you think you're not going to be tempted, you're naive. You're naive. Because the devil's looking for that. He's looking for the way to attack you. He's looking for the opportunity to torment you. To drag you into something that will keep you from being in fellowship with God. But he goes on to say, but God is faithful. Everybody say faithful. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. What does that mean? Okay, it means the devil says, I want to attack Job. And God says, okay, you can attack him, but you can only go this far. Because God is faithful to never let Job be tempted more than he was able to handle. It goes something like this. I want permission to attack Paul Carlo. And God says, okay, I know Paul. I know his character. I know what he is. You can go this far. You see, the story of Job is so powerful because God was faithful to Job and yet he knew Job so well that he basically is saying to the devil, you can do anything you want to do to Job and he's still going to love me. You understanding what I'm saying? God is faithful, watching over you, not allowing you to be tested or tempted above what you are able to bear. Even when you are under a direct attack, you have God meeting you at that intersection, ensuring that you are not tempted above what you're able. But not only are Satan's attacks direct, sometimes they're subtle. Not every attack of the devil is direct. Sometimes Satan looks for a point of attack where you are not protecting yourself. Where your guard is not up, where you're not paying attention. The currency of your faith is you paying attention. Paying attention to what's going on around you. Paying attention to what's going on in the world. Paying attention to how the devil is trying to torment you. Looking out for the things. The Bible said in the book of James that our temptations originate from the lust of our eyes, the lust of our flesh, and the pride of life. Watch those three places in your life. Watch those three areas in your life. Because if you're not paying attention and you allow images to get into your head, the devil's going to use them to torment you. If you're not careful... And you allow feelings to rise up. If you allow yourself to be offended, the devil's going to use that to torment you. And he could care less about your relationship to people. He just wants to torment you and drag you away from God. The thoughts that we permit in our mind 
the things that we allow to come into our head. You know, I don't, I don't know about you, and I'm not judging your life. You've got to do what you've got to do. But Shelly and I have become very, we're trying to be very circumspect about what, what gets watched in our house on TV. Because there is so much trash. You see, what the devil wants is very subtly to fill my head with something. Hang on, Shelly, we, we, we might get in trouble here. But if you listen to television programming, they're always taking the name of God and they're always using four-letter words and F-bombs. Before long, you'll be tempted to do the same thing. You, you, you'll go, where, where did that come from? I, because you've allowed that to penetrate your defenses and the enemy is now using that against you. It's subtle. And, and I'm just saying that the devil is after you. He's after your family. He's after your children. He's after your sanity. He's after your health. He's after all of it. So where, and this is a challenging question. I know it. I know it's a challenging question. You love me, but listen. Where in our homes are the places where we have allowed the enemy to work and plant his seeds with our children and our families so that that leads to evil and destruction. We better pay attention. We better pay attention to what children are watching on electronic devices. We better pay attention to what's going on on websites and gaming uh, devices. We need to pay attention to the music that we're listening to and the media that we're watching and the television shows that we're giving our time to because very suddenly the devil is trying to get at us. Here's the second statement I'll make today. Jesus has power over the devil. Jesus has power over the devil. So Jesus, the devil has come to torment me. But greater is he that is in us. Come on somebody. Greater is he that is in us. Than he that is in the world. Whew, I feel the Lord in my heart. Woo! I wrote this in my notes. This is exactly what happened to me the other morning when I was reading this passage one more time to get ready. I wrote these words, Elder Don. I wrote these words. When Jesus landed on the island, the devil knew his gig was up. The moment that Jesus drove up on that island, the devil knew because that man came running and said, why are you here to torment me? Because he recognized there was a power that was greater than all the power of the enemy. Somebody hear me this morning. Woo! Greater, greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Let the word go forth. Let the devil be put on notice this morning that we serve a God that is bigger and greater and more powerful than any weapon that the enemy force against us. Woo! Hallelujah! Jesus said in Matthew 28, all power in heaven and earth is given to me. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. God elevated him to the place of highest honor. Talking about Jesus. Gave him a name above every name. At the name of Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. 
at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and earth and under the earth and every tongue shall declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. A while back, Pastor Tracy Vest and I did a series on Revelation during the COVID season. And one night Tracy was teaching and she said, even the devil... Even the devil and his angels will bow their knee and declare that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Greater, greater is he that is in us. And here's the good news. Luke chapter 10, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall as lightning from the heaven. Talking about when Satan was cast out. Jesus said, I saw it. I was there. I saw it. And then he says, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, everybody say nothing. Nothing shall be able to hurt you. You understand what I'm saying this morning? Yep, the devil's come to torment us. Yep, the devil can make life tough. But Jesus said, I'm giving you authority over all the power of the enemy. You have an authority that you're able to exercise. And the devil cannot hurt you. He may torment you, but he can't hurt you. Because greater is he that is in you. Instead of fearing what the enemy may do, why don't we declare that we're coming after the devil? Somebody said the best defense is a good offense. Devil, we're coming after you. You're not getting our kids. You're not getting our families. You're not getting our marriages. You're not getting our peace. We're coming after you. I've told this before, but it's such a powerful moment. It resonates with me every time it comes back to my mind. Shelly and I were walking through the Walmart here in Madison one night, picking up a few groceries, and while she's doing her thing, I'm pushing the cart, and I'm just praying. And God spoke to me in that Walmart. There is a power that is greater than all the power that has come against you. And you need to be reminded, some of you this morning need to be reminded, when you walk down here to this altar in a few moments, you need to come in the power of the fact that God has given you power over every struggle, every fight that you're in, everything that you're dealing with, whatever it may be. God has already given you the authority to trample on whatever the devil's trying to do at your house. He's promised that to you. And he's given it to you. So let's finish. I want my elders and prayer team to get ready in just a moment. I'll call for you in just a moment. If this is a fight, if we're, about, if we're in a fight, how do we win it? How do we win the fight that we're in? How do we win in the struggle for our mind, for our peace, for our safety? Doesn't happen very often, but I just felt the Holy Spirit prompting me. There's a mother. You're so petrified about the safety of your children. You, you, you struggle. God doesn't want you struggling anymore about that. 
the Lord is your protector. The Lord is your protector. And if that was something you needed to hear today, I speak that to you in the authority of the Lord Jesus that you don't have to be afraid over your children anymore. That God is your protector. Some of you dedicated your children to the Lord. God knows who your kids are. And I know there are people out there that are coming after your kids. They even tell you they're coming after kids, but they can't get them. I told a mother just the other day here at our church, I said, listen, your children are dedicated to the Lord. You're praying over them. There's an anointing on their life, and the devil can't stand it, but he can't get them. He can't get them. How do we win the fight that we're in? We win it with discernment. What do I mean by that? That's a big, big theological word. Discernment is basically the idea of knowing and anticipating what's going on. Discernment in a spiritual sense is, is a gift supernaturally by which the Holy Spirit gives you an understanding of something you didn't already know. You discern that. You discern a situation. You discern a cautionary moment. You discern it. I live with a woman who has the gift of discernment. And there are times when she will say to me, I, I, I just, I, I got to tell you, this is what the Lord's saying. It's, it's, it's discernment at work and understanding situations and circumstances. It's discernment. And the way that it helps us to win the battle is what Paul was trying to convey in 2 Corinthians. He said, so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. It means the Holy Spirit is able to help us to realize what the devil's doing. What the devil's trying to do. We're not ignorant, the King James says, we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. We recognize where he's likely to attack because we're self-aware. We know where our weaknesses are. We know where our struggles are because it's the same place we always struggle. So we know that's likely where the enemy is going to attack us. So we are preparing ourselves for that battle. Sometimes discernment is not only just supernatural, but sometimes discernment is exercised through prayer and experience. It's like, if I trip over that log there today, and I trip over it the second day, doesn't take a whole lot of spiritual discernment to realize there's a log there i got to step over. It's the experience of saying, I'm not tripping over that log anymore. And that's what some of you need to do this morning. You need to walk down here to this altar and have an elder or one of our prayer team pray for you because I'm not tripping over that log anymore. I'm not going back to that lifestyle anymore. I'm not going back to what I did before. I'm not giving back the territory that I've already conquered. I'm not going back to the addictions that I once had. I'm not going back to the habit or the attitude that I once had because God has already delivered me from that and I'm not letting the enemy take me back. I'm not letting the enemy take me back. Oh, I feel the Lord in this room this morning. 
You listen to me. We are under attack. We're in the fight of our life. But the Lord God has come to this house today because he wants to help you overcome your battle and win your victory in the name of Jesus Christ. We're not defenseless. We're not defenseless. For years and years I used to preach that verse when Jesus would say, you're Peter and upon this rock I'll build my church but the gates of hell can never prevail. And I used to preach that like it was defensive. Jason, I used to preach like here's the church and we're just trying to hold off the onslaught of evil and destruction in the world. And one day I was praying to the Lord like that's not what that is. That's an offensive verse. That's an offensive verse. That's a verse that simply says the gates of hell can't stop the church who's infiltrating the areas of the enemy. The enemy can't stop the church from doing the work of God because greater, greater is he that is in us. Hey, 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 listen to me. Woo! Come on, Jerome. Come on and play. There's power in this house today. There's spiritual power, breakthrough power that's in this house today because God wants to help some of you that are in your struggle. Because here's what I know about the devil because this is what he does to me. He's a liar. You hear me? The devil's a liar. He's telling you it'll never be better than it is right now, but the devil's a liar. You'll never be able to give up that habit. The devil's a liar. You're never going to get your marriage straightened out. The devil's a liar. You see, those thoughts are not coming from God. God's not telling you you're not going to get better because he's telling you my grace is sufficient. What the devil's telling you is God can't help you. The devil is a liar. And you may be saying right now, well, this has been going on for a long time. It may be generational. I don't care how long it's been going. It could go all the way back to Adam, but it's not going to take you out. Greater. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We are not defenseless. We hope you were blessed by today's message. Now we invite you to visit one of our services soon. For more information, please visit us at lakeeriechurch.com.